Hello. Hey. Hi. How's it going? Hi. Good. How are you? I am not too bad. Um, yeah, I got up early this morning and it's kind of a nice sunny day outside and it's finally starting to get to like actual autumn, which I am so <laughs> down for. Oh yeah. You're, you're an autumn person. Yeah. Me an intellectual autumn is my favorite <laughs> season. <laughs> I always think of it that way. I mean, um, there are things I really like about it and my birthday is in October. It was October 1st. Um, and I like Halloween and, and all these things, but, um, I always think of autumn as the season for people who think they're too good for summer. (laughs) Yes. No, I feel the same. My birthday is also in October. Uh, it's the 29th. So like my birthday has always been around Halloween and it like, it always felt like this thing that I was supposed to get excited about. Uh, and then I get older and I'm like, wait, no, I like summer a lot. And that's like my favorite season. (laughs) And then everyone's like, no, but cardigans and layering. And I'm like, fuck you. I hate layering. (laughs) Layers are bullshit. Um, I do. I actually love layers. I really love layers because in the summer, (laughs) um, and I think I talked about this on last week's episode, which hasn't gone up yet as of our talking now because we're pre-taping a bunch. (laughs) Um, But I talked about this with um, YC, um, which is like in summer, I feel so like nude, just like I can only wear, you can only wear one thing. You only have one chance. Mm -hmm. And like in fall, you're like, oh, I can like uh, make up for, if I'm wearing one like not so great item of clothing, I can make up for it with just like layering on other stuff. It feels very like the lazy approach to fashion. That's true. I don't know. I feel like for me, just wearing one thing is the ultimate luxury and laziness where I'm just like, do not make me, I guess that's true. You could hide worse pieces with better things, but I'm like, don't make me have to choose four things to wear. I just want to wear one thing or maybe no things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I respect that. Um, and there are definitely times when I feel the same way. Um, and I feel like it was like a lot of, um, I was like looking up some, some of your writing and like, I feel like it was kind of a big summer for you. Like you had this book that came out, um, in August, the basic yeah. witches book. Um, yeah, that was super fun. I, I like, totally not that I forgot that it came out. Cause obviously I've been doing a lot of stuff around the book, but, um, it's so funny with like, I write online and everything like you write and it goes up really quickly. Uh, and so writing a book, I just felt like I, I wrote it, I don't know, like ages ago. And then it comes out and it's like, all oh, right, that thing. I totally mm-hmm. had moved on. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a weird experience. Yeah. I think when you're used to like the really rapid rate of response. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, this book, like books, they take so long, but it's so exciting. And it's like sort of, um, it was written with Jess Zimmerman, right? Yep. Jess Zimmerman. Um, and the two of us, you know, we had, we'd become friends uh, through the internet, through writing and things like that. And sort of always, always were looking for a project to collaborate on together because we really liked working with each other. Um, and then this sort of came up with my agent and like Jess and I shared a similar thing where like growing up, we were very into witchy shit, um, and to varying degrees of like, like neither of us identify as Wiccan or pagan. Uh, neither of us are witches in the religious sense, but just like appreciating the idea of the witch as like 
an unruly person. Um, you know, traditionally the accusation was like toward women who were breaking the rules and it's just like, yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> yeah. I love the ways that people have taken that up. Um, and I think like speaking of the, the idea of it as like a, a religion, it's interesting because, um, I gave a talk like a year ago mm -hmm. for actually my roommate Eric's um, series, Drunk Ed, and it was mm -hmm. on Gerald Gardner, who started Wicca, basically. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like, I I don't know. It's just really funny because like he kind of claimed to have like discovered all of these like ancient rituals and they just happen to be shit that he was really into, like just getting nude and like doing yeah. ritual ritual scourging <laughs> and stuff. And I'm like, man, chase your bliss. Like fucking do it. Put curses on like put curses on Nazis. Fucking go for it. Um yeah. like he he was one of the people who sort of started that. Um but like <laughs> it's kind of funny the ways that he was like, oh no, these are the ancient books that said that we have to do this, which is kind of how like many religions start. Um, yeah, exactly. And like, whatever, like no shade. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. And again, like whatever, uh, whatever is going to work for you. And obviously like so many people, uh, have found such power in this, but it's so funny looking back being like, uh-huh. Yeah, totally. This was a tradition that we are all doing this now that I alone have figured out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the things that are like in the book? Um, so we talk a lot about, like how to incorporate uh, different ideas of uh, so the the cultural view of the witch into your life. Um, so one of the fun ones we have is a whole chapter on glamours and essentially how your appearance affects things. Um, mm. So like, you know, I think because uh, obviously for a lot of people, that's like the first and most obvious way they get to express who they are. Um and there are obviously a lot of societal rules around who's allowed and who's supposed to wear certain things, do certain things with their appearance, you know, whatever it is. So just trying to we talk a lot about trying to break down where those rules come from and how you can either find power in them or subvert them, um, you know. I think, like, for, for a lot of girls, there's a lot of stuff around makeup where you're, like am I supposed to wear makeup? Will I look, you know, will I look ditzy or will I be looked down upon if I get really into makeup? Um, but then you're shamed for like not wearing any. So, you know, it's like how to do that stuff on your own terms rather than anyone else's. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to, we, it's actually been very funny seeing the reviews because I know that there are a lot of people who are like, oh, this book isn't really what I expected. And one of them, we have a whole chapter um, or a whole section talking a lot about sex. And we talk about the history of like the witch on a broomstick uh, came from a bunch of stories of basically women putting um, hallucinogenic bombs on the ends of broomsticks and using them as dildos. Mm -hmm. Like in, and the ideas of sex magic and how it is important to, you know, if this is part of you to, to be comfortable with that. And people are like, whoa, where'd all the dildo talk come from? I wanted a book about like the history <laughs> of witchcraft. And I'm like, I hate to break it to you, my friend, but this actually is the history of witchcraft. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's tied up with all that stuff. And what strikes me as interesting, um, what strikes me as interesting about that kind of approach is that it feels like kind of some some stuff around like CBT and like these sort of ideas, these pop psych ideas of like intentionality and mindfulness, but but um, coming from this perspective of like, let's talk about these things in social contexts because that's like one problem I often have with those approaches is they feel like very like those psychological approaches they feel very individualist and like they don't really consider like well what are the systems that are like conspiring to make me feel this way um yeah and so like thinking about it like because um you, you were talking about oh these like you know crystals or whatever like don't have power but like I assign them meaning and like they act as reminders of certain things which is a very like intentionalist or like mindful sort of practice um Mm -hmm. but then talking about this in terms of like in that context of like rule breaking and stuff is really compelling to me yeah I think that there's um you're right like trying to solve anything with an only individualistic approach is not going to work. Um, because there's, there's only so much you can do by yourself. Like you can have the most positive attitude in the world, but you know, we still live in a society, uh, and it's still like a patriarchal white supremacist society. And those things are going to affect you, whether you have, you know, a good attitude about it or not. Um, so like, yeah, certainly in your personal life, you need to find ways to calm yourself down if you get anxious, uh, just so you can function through your day. Um, but right, yeah, it's it's not just uh, random things happening that are ruining your life. They often are are very specific and purposeful. Yeah, and I feel like when this stuff does get picked up by um, by more mainstream, popular kinds of outlets Mm -hmm. that context is stripped out of it and it just becomes like oh here are these ancient secrets and often with this like exotifying (laughs) kind of language like oh these were the secrets of chinese concubines and and it will revolutionize your life and bring you into harmony with the world oh my god that was the goop egg thing (laughs) i I reference i'm talking about the goop egg of course because i fucking love that piece um (laughs) so there is one part in that piece that like i love just i mean i love the whole thing but there's this one line where um there's this paragraph where you're talking about all of the instructions that the goop egg comes with um and um it's like you know the washing instructions and care and stuff and then just like the last sentence in that paragraph is the egg is non-returnable and like, <laughs> it's so perfect and i guess for people who have no idea who are blissfully unaware of what we're talking um, about can you explain bless, the goop egg bless, bless, bless yourself bless these sweet summer yourself. children <laughs> oh my god so yeah the goop jade egg is it is it's an egg it's a it's a piece of jade or they sell one that's made of rose quartz too. Um, that's, uh, shaped like an egg. I think it's maybe an inch and a half, two inches long. And, uh, you're supposed to put it in your vagina and do like kegels with it, uh, mm-hmm. or, or just like leave it in there. And there's a side of it where they're like, oh, it strengthens your, your pelvic floor muscles. And I've certainly heard a lot of people say that, um, this, or, you know, they're like, there are other 
balls and things like that you can use for that. They're like, oh, this actually did help. Um, I think there are a lot of women who like after giving uh, birth vaginally or like, oh, this, uh, this helped me like get back in touch with that part of my body. But there's this whole other element where it's like, and this will align your chakras and, <laughs> uh, you know, give get you in touch with like your sacred feminine energy and like balance your hormones and things like that, which is like, no, that's not what rocks do. <laughs> um, that's one good rock. That's like a hell of a rock. <laughs> so um, Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow's like wellness business sells this. And I tried it out and I wrote about it um, because there's been a bunch of claims that uh, the because jade is a porous stone that like bacteria can get trapped in there. And if you leave it in for too long, and at one point they had someone who recommended like sleeping with it in, leaving it in overnight that you could get toxic shock syndrome from it. So it was like a whole drama. Uh, but it was just like, I, I love that detail. Cause it's like, of course the egg is non-returnable. You put it in your <laughs> vagina. Like why? Like, what on earth would make you think that you could send this back? Or, like, imagine if you ordered it and it was, like, there was, like, the you. God, I wonder if there's a used market for these on, like, eBay. I oh, mean, my God, I need to check that out immediately. Anything that's been anywhere near a vagina, <laughs> there's a market for used versions of it. Maybe not on eBay, but on, the dark, on, on eBay. the dark web. On the dark, yeah. I oh, I need to research this very badly now. <laughs> of like, <laughs> I'm just searching used goop egg, goop egg, um, on Google, and I am now on a list. Actually, yeah, I'm your re- article I'm is the first arrested. thing that comes up for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, there's just a lot of of people saying no, don't, please, don't, don't, don't put the egg, um, don't do it. Um, definitely i don't know i mean they tell you to put it in boiling water uh i don't that probably won't be enough to like fully cleanse it of wherever it's been if it's used i don't know no you gotta Uh, sage it too yeah you do (laughs) sage it or like use a crystal a, a different crystal to cleanse it uh i know yeah i love the whole like just secretive uh, like, ooh, you are now being initiated into this cult of like women in touch with themselves. And it's all that sort of like, uh, it's also like extremely gender essentialist the way they talk about it, where it's like, oh yes, your sacred feminine energy directly tied to your vagina. And it's like, okay, please, you can cut it out. <laughs> Did you know that there is, um, that this has expanded this whole idea of like stuff you put up or against or in or alongside your junk that has magic (laughs) in it. Um, Oh my God, really? There are butt plugs and like cock rings that are made of um, obsidian. Oh my God. (laughs) And um, there is, there's a butt plug that says that um, it assists the user in facing up to one's true self taking them deep into the subconscious mind, allowing them to access blocked energy in order to release. And that's just basically a lot of ways to say that it's going to be in your butt. You're going to come. You're yeah. going to come. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, this was actually, there's an article on Mel um, just about all these crystal sex toys for men. Oh my God. 
except I need them. I need them all. See, I am like, I am completely at this point in my life with like my minor but growing obsession with crystals where that sounds like totally reasonable to me. I'm like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like what a great market you've tapped into. <laughs> and I was like, um, like recently I had an experience. Uh, I was interviewing this, uh, this 80 year old woman from Cuba about like her life and her background. And she stopped in the middle of the interview and looked at me and was like, you're a Scorpio, aren't you? Which I am. And I was like, oh my God, like you're amazing. And I I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, and she was like, okay, you need to get an amethyst. Uh, and I'm just like, okay, like you're <laughs> obviously a witch and I am going to buy an amethyst now. Uh, so like, I'm already there. So the idea of like buying an amethyst butt plug to get different energies in- into sex, I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> why the hell not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the natural next step. That's yeah it's natural, you know, it's it's just like natural and like healing. Um, yeah, I don't want any BPAs in my (laughs) dildos. I want (laughs) no phthalates, no parabens. Uh, Um, can you tell me where this rose quartz was sourced? I, (laughs) yeah, not just anything goes in my my husband's, but Oh, so. oh, I'm so ready. Oh, this is so, this is so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> God, that whole market, like premium sex toys um, are just so bizarre. And like most of them are really badly made or like, or they're like well made in the sense of construction, but like they don't work that well. And they're just like trying to like, there are a few brands that I feel like have been trying to create like the apple of sex toys for a while and yeah. it's really weird. And like one of them has produced like solid or like at least gold plated things that are like hundreds or thousands of dollars. And it's like, who is this for? Yeah, exactly. It's this very, um, like, right. They, they all look like Apple products they are all like sleek and completely divorced from the idea that like, this is supposed to be acting as a dick. Like, not that that has to, not that you need like a fully, you know, cast penis that every, every time you use something, but it feels like it's taking like the actual physical quality of sex out of it sometimes. Um, and like they work, so that's good. But yeah, like the idea that like you need to spend hundreds of dollars to get adequate pleasure is like, no, like get your, get your capitalism out of my sex life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I talked about this with, um, Charlotte, um, Charlotte Shane and Melissa Mm -hmm. Jarrett Grant past guests on the show that the whole weird gentrification of like sex shops and like the decline (laughs) of like the dingy, like kind of gross, uh, version of the the sort of adult store or whatever um and replacing it with this like weirdly professionalized and like i love some of those stores like i really love um come as you are from toronto which doesn't have a physical location anymore but is still online um but yeah it is weird and like the whole like having workshops for like married straight couples and like how to do 50 shades stuff and like oh my god it's very strange (laughs) yeah and it's funny because like um like on one hand, I totally appreciate having spaces like that. Cause right. I remember 
years ago, I was at a bachelorette party in Miami and we were trying to get like, you know, like penis straws and all those sorts of things. Um, and like maybe some, some funny toys as like joke gifts and to, to hang around the apartment we were staying in. And we went to this like, you know, sex store that had like no windows, uh, that was just like <laughs> totally creepy off the side of a highway. Uh, and it, it was just like sticky and dark in there. And, you know, we were all like in our early twenties and everyone else in there was like a 40 and up year old guy, uh-huh. uh, who is there like at three o'clock on a Wednesday that you're just like, Oofa doofa. yeah, it's like, okay, what's your life right now? And, uh, you know, yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe they were independently wealthy and this is where they spend their time, <laughs> but it was just like, and you know, it's like, not like any of the stuff that was in there was good quality either. Uh, it was mostly like novelty gifts and like blow up dolls. And we got the penis straws and I feel like they actually smelled like dick. And I was like, I don't, Ooh. this is very disturbing. Like, I don't want to drink out of these. Um, so I appreciate a store that's like clean and has, you know, sort of like sex positive employees who are not just catering to like old men looking for Mm -hmm. mainstream porn that like you're catering to a wide variety of people. Um, but right. Like they all end up looking like Apple stores. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, um, it's complicated. complicated. (laughs) There are many uh, truths to sex mm, toys. <laughs> there, you know, it's just, you have to find, seek your bliss, chase your bliss, find yeah. your truth. Um, and um, yeah, just be careful about what you put in or what you put yourself in. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, oh boy, I um, was researching for an article that I guess probably will have come out by the time this goes up, but um about uh, like all the ways that guys have gotten their dick stuck in things. Um, oh my God. <laughs> and wow, don't, don't, um, just don't, don't put, don't put it in, um, in a toaster or a bottle or why, um, don't why do it. Why would you do that? Don't, um, <laughs> no one really knows, but it was a good excuse to watch the joke again. Are you familiar with that from Mr. Show? Oh my god, I I I remember this, but I I'm not recalling it directly right now. Uh, so there's there's the one episode where the senator tells the joke about the the traveling salesman, um, and like the three holes in the farmer's barn, and uh, to like illustrate a bizarre point about like arts funding, and then there's an episode where they turn <laughs> it into a musical. Oh my um, god! Right with David Cross as the salesman and uh, Jack Black as the farmer and. Um, it's very, very good, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes if, if oh my because God. people should watch it if they haven't seen it. But um, yeah, yeah, that was a nice trip down memory lane. But that was such like a oh my god, the idea of just like putting your dick in like anything. I remember thinking this as a kid because like you know, as a kid, I was just like, huh, like what would life be like if I had a penis? <laughs> um, 
It's just like I thoughts that I think everyone has yeah. at some point. Uh, regardless, just like, huh, what would it be like if I had, you know, a different version of a body than mine? And I was like, what the first thing I, would I do uh, if I had a penis? And immediately it was just like, stick it in something. Like, I don't know. But just like... You're part of the problem. I'm part of the problem. It's like, just the sensation of like putting a penis in 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 a sock, in a sleeve, <laughs> in a Would in you a put vacuum. it in a sleeve? Would you put know. it in a sleeve? <laughs> oh my God. Would you put it in a stove? Would you put it on the road? Don't do any of those things, but they're all things that people have done. Oh my God. Okay. So you need to like sign off right now and become like dirty Dr. Seuss. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure his estate would not appreciate that. No, but I just literally, that was like the first thing that popped into my head. And I'm like, as, as much as I'm like, oh my God, who are these people putting their dicks in toasters and in vacuums or whatever? I'm like, Oh God, no, you're right. I am part of the problem because that is totally where my mind went first when I thought about what I would do. Well, to be fair, (laughs) I feel like a lot of guys write erotica or like watch porn or whatever that involves like just bizarre insertions, like way more vegetables than like most people I know um, have ever, (laughs) have ever, uh, been amorous towards just like very like the same kind of thing of just like oh this girl you know what what's handy um <laughs> like no like mm, yeah i don't it's yeah. just like you know everyone just wonders but um what's the weirdest thing that you think someone put their dick in 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 your uh in your expert opinion after all your research <laughs> The weirdest thing, um, a lot of them are things that you would just sort of vaguely expect because they're sort of like cylindrical. Yeah. Um, I mean, the toaster one was pretty weird, um, but I don't know. Some of those, they're always on like tabloid like newspapers, and I'm not sure how much I can believe them. Um, one of the worst ones was a guy who put like a roll of tape um on there uh-huh. for some reason and then uh got stuck and then was um posting on 4chan about it and was like oh i can't get it off what do i do instead of like calling a doctor or something he was just like i will seek medical on- advice from 4chan oh um, my god <laughs> and there was this huge thread uh this was like two years ago but it was just like Man, don't do that. And if you're gonna do that, don't um don't p- ask 4chan about it. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's bad. So um what advice did 4chan give? Uh, they were like, someone said watch some cartoons, I guess under the impression that that would help him deflate the situation. Um <laughs> someone said unroll all the tape off, then the cardboard tube will be easily torn away. Uh, and someone said smash with hammer. Uh, oh my God. So, you know, just the kind of quality life advice that we've come to expect from that website. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Do you, I feel like that tracks with... Okay, do you remember that awful movie, The Sweetest Thing? That is in my list. Ah! 
<laughs> Do you want to explain why you brought that movie yeah. up? Yeah. So there is um there's a scene, I believe, toward the end of the movie where Selma Blair uh is going down on a guy who has uh it's a Prince Albert piercing, or is she the one with the piercing? They both have piercings. They both have piercings, right. And they get caught together. Uh and so they cannot unlock uh from this situation and she's like gagging and miserable and somehow i for i forget exactly how this happens but somehow she's able to contact her friends uh which are cameron diaz and christina applegate i believe and then like a whole bunch of other people show up and are all trying to give advice and then uh they all start singing was it don't want to miss a thing? It is. It is. <laughs> it is. Why do I remember this? This is one of those situations where I'm like, my brain is such trash. Like, I forget just basic facts about, like, American government, about, like, j- history, about all these things. And yet I can fucking remember the song that they sang to get a guy to go soft so that his dick would unlock from Selma Blair's mouth in the sweetest oh, thing. sorry. Actually, <laughs> um, th- <laughs> that's not even the explanation. The explanation somehow is that singing relaxes your throat. <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, and they get her to sing Around oh his dick, a muffled oh rendition my... of I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Oh. And the scene also, okay, my... so the scene is com- like the apartment is completely packed with like cops, firefighters. There's like a yeah. nurse for some reason, not a paramedic. And then while they're singing, while everyone is singing, there's like a Hasidic Jew embracing a man in a kafia. There's like just oh my bizarre, th- like in the apartment. Um, and then if uh, yeah, that's uh, movies. Oh my god, movies! Um, I feel like that movie was on the forefront of like, because there's that whole like, uh, sort of like stoner guy, like guys being uh, immature assholes, uh, but with like a heart of gold, uh, comedy trend. And then there was sort of the the simultaneous thing of like women can do that too, like women don't always have their shit together and you had movies like bridesmaids uh or like and now you have like bad moms uh and all this stuff but i feel like the sweetest thing was like on the very like cutting edge of that sort of movie because it's like yeah it's like three women uh being incredibly raunchy through the whole movie uh which is like you know, great. Like women can do it too, but it also is a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a weird genre. <laughs> oh my god. God, yeah. No, I hear you. It's like, how does the electoral college work? I don't know, but no. I do know that, like, all of the movies in which some guy got his dick stuck somewhere, like that's information that I need to carry around because it's very important i might need to use it someday how does government do what who knows but one day i might be on a really cool podcast (laughs) need to remember (laughs) where this movie went yes yeah absolutely 
Oh my god. Yeah, it's uh So speaking of movies <laughs> and movie stars. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um I understand that you're Laura Dern's daughter. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am Laura Dern's daughter. Mm-hmm. I would love to be Laura Dern's daughter. I think we like, all would. Aside from this, she seems awesome, but yeah, the thing is that um so yeah, my name Jaya is a very common name uh in India. It's a Hindi name. Uh so it's not like there are no other Jayas in the world and I feel incredibly unique, but generally in America uh and in white spaces or every I just have not met many other Jayas. And uh I found out or I was reminded recently that Laura Dern's daughter is named Jaya. Um, and her, her daughter's father is Ben Harper. Um, and like, I, I don't know his background, but I don't think he's Indian. So I'm like, Oh, you sort of did the hippie thing of like finding an Indian name and being like, how beautiful and <laughs> doing that. But I'm just like, she recently talked about it on some talk show and she like name, she said like her daughter by name Jaya. And I was just like, Oh my God, this better not herald like a bunch of other people like naming their daughters Jaya because they want to be cool. Like Laura Dern, because it's going to ruin my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, oh, the plight <laughs> of having an uncommon name. Yes. And I feel bad because I realize that like, like, you know, my husband's name is Matt. Literally mm. everybody is named Matt. Uh, you know, I have, I have so many friends who have names that they're just like, yeah, it was very annoying being like the fourth Lauren in my class or whatever it is. And I get that that is its own struggle, um, and its own thing that you deal with. But like, I was my entire life. I was like the only Jaya anyone knew. And my name was not part of like a trend or one of those like top 10 baby names of the year you were born, uh, or any year. And so now I'm like, Oh no, Oh no. Like I don't want there to be like a wave of babies born (laughs) named Jaya. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I understand that, that, that fear. Um, I, I have a very uncommon name as well. I mean, it's an Anglo mm-hmm. name, but it's like very rare. Um, although yeah. it does seem to be becoming a little more common because like I see um, sometimes I'll see like online, like a lot of like teens or like people in their early twenties named Merit. And it's like, Oh no. Oh no. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> um, and I never use it. I think I've talked about this on the show before, but I never use it at Starbucks or like coffee shops or anything. Oh, really? What yeah. name do you use? Um, I use Hannah, which is like a very normal name that people always yeah. know. And even if they spell it wrong, it's like, I don't care. It's not my name. Um, and I don't care anyway if Starbucks, like who fucking cares? Like if, you know, I mean, I understand it if it's like, um, they're just like not taking the effort to understand a non-Anglo name. But like for me, yeah, just like, Merit or Hannah, like whatever. Although Merit, like often they're like Mary, <laughs> Mary. Oh, yeah. I'm like that's why I don't use it. Um, what would you guess are the top names for girls or boys or both? 
Um, this is right. a new segment this- called Name That Baby. <laughs> um, for for like this year, uh, yeah, or na- last year, or whenever it was. Just name a name, and I'll tell you if it's in the top ten. Oh, um, or you can guess what you think the most popular one would be. Oh God, I'm. This is really hard. Uh, okay, think what. Why is think of a name like the most <laughs> difficult thing <laughs> that has ever happened to me? Um, I don't know. Where's Where's Maria? Maria is not in the top 100 for the United States. Wow. Um, ooh, I'll I'll check my stepsister's name. It was Olivia. I feel that's, like that's the number so one. That's the number one. That's oh number one. You got it. Oh my god. <laughs> ah. Um, That's so funny because that was a thing that like my, my stepsister's named Olivia and she's like, how old is she? She's like 25 right now, something. And right. Like when she was born, no one was named Olivia. And now it feels like there's so like, there are a lot more kids named Olivia and it's just like weird. Um, oh my God. Uh, what's the number one, uh, boy name? You should guess. Okay. Um, Is this one's a little, I think it might be a little harder to get. Yeah. Um, Dylan? Uh, it's not Dylan. Let me see where Dylan is. Dylan is not on the list. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And this could just be uh, bullshit, but I'm just, this list is the first thing that came up from like t- today.com. <laughs> so. Um, um, do you want, is, is there, it Matt? I don't know. <laughs> that, that's number 12, actually. Okay, it's so still, it's still, it's always... still holding, holding strong. Um, it's a classic. It starts with an A. <laughs> uh, is it Aiden? No, but you're, I would say, on the right track. Is it like Adrian? Uh, not, I guess that's sort of a... It's more of an Aiden kind of name, I would say. Oh, God, I don't know. It's Asher. Asher? Yeah. Whoa. Now... Yeah, the top 10 boys' names are Asher, Atticus, Jack, Ezra, Theodore, Milo, Jasper, Oliver, Silas, and Wyatt, which is really interesting to me because I feel like these are all names that I knew guys who were naming themselves like five years ago. Yeah. It sounds like a bad lacrosse team. Oh, (laughs) my God. Oh, my God. Oh, this is Atticus. My lacrosse My, Milo's on there. Oh, God. Oh, oh yeah, that's... Milo. That's really... I mean, maybe in another... Te- maybe when that kid grows up, it won't be such a stigma. Yeah. Because, like, Milo Ventimiglia, that's that's yeah. the Milo that we need today. Yeah, he seems cool. I know um, nothing about him, but he can't be worse than the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Liter- that would be literally impossible. It's, there's uh, no way. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh yeah, Atticus, that's an interesting one. Yeah, uh, real to kill a mockingbird vibes there. Yeah. Um oh my god. I mean, Jack, that's always a thing on there. Though that's an interesting one because like wasn't it that like Jack used to be like a nickname for John and now it's yes. just Jack. Like it's its own name. Right. And it reminds me, what do you if I say Jack, which movie do you think of more strongly? Pirates of the Caribbean or Jack the Robin Williams vehicle where he oh. ages too fast? 
Oh man, uh, I went to Jack Frost. Oh, but... <laughs> interesting wild card. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh man, I do. I I think I probably would go Robin Williams first, though. I do remember that uh, that movie because, um, like, at this point, like the Pirates of the Caribbean has like so lost the thread of anything, and then. <laughs> Like I don't want to think about Johnny Depp and so No God no. <laughs> um oh my god, Jack. That's a why did we make that movie? <laughs> I it was a time when America was um just really really craved that Robin Williams content. I mean, we never stopped craving it, I don't think. No. Um, oh. But Wolf, was that a was that a movie? Was that a Spielberg joint? No, I don't know. There's no way, right? I'm gonna no. look it up. No, um, no, it's a Francis Ford Coppola. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my no. god! You done uh, fucked up, that, my man. Oh, I wow! I literally can't believe that, man. That's no, <laughs> it's no outsiders. I'll tell you that it's no, uh, yeah. What Oof. happened? I mean, <laughs> this is what Hillary Clinton's book is about, right? It's what happened that made Francis Ford Coppola make Jack. <laughs> <laughs> it has a it has a four out of ten average rating, and Whoa. someone called it a tedious, uneventful fantasy. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, it is. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> Fran Drescher was in that movie. Oh my god, bless Fran Drescher, though feel like we don't give Fran Drescher enough credit for being amazing uh and like a total babe and like she's just been holding it down forever and being in Jack just to like do someone a favor probably I don't know <laughs> yeah I uh one of my favorite things um is finding out who are like secret Coppola's mm because there are a bunch, because it's just like a very, uh, you know, pervasive family in Hollywood. Like then the most common one that's sort of a secret is Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But then you have like uh, Jason Schwartzman. What? One. Yep. Um, Jason Schwartzman is like a cousin in there, as is it's either his brother or his cousin is the lead singer of that band Rooney who was the love interest in the first uh, Princess Diaries. Oh, no. Yeah. He is also uh, a part of the Coppolas. Um, they, they're like a bunch, but like every time I, I like, I just feel like often I'll like go into Wikipedia and being like, is this celebrity a Coppola? Like through marriage, through blood, through, you know, however many generations, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's it's a fun thing to to look through. Yeah, that's a, a great idea for a segment. <laughs> secret secret Who's Coppola. Secret Who's that Coppola? Coppola? <laughs> Who's that Coppola? <laughs> it's, it's, um, uh, Voltorb. It's always Voltorb. Um, oh my God. Well, do you want to move on to our only real segment on the show. Yeah, sure. Yeah, this is a segment that's called Get Wrecked. Get Wrecked. Sometimes I forget to tell guests about this segment. Did I tell you about it? 
I actually don't know if you did. Uh, <laughs> so well, am, well, I, am I going to get wrecked? <laughs> well, that I'm the one who gets wrecked for that. Um, but it's a segment where we recommend things to the listeners. Oh, okay. It's very simple. That's a nicer, that's a nicer wreck. It has, <laughs> it has a very intimidating name, but then it's like, oh, yeah. well, this is a nice segment for, it's a family oh, segment. A nice it's segment. for, yeah, it's, it's great. We can all enjoy this segment together. Um, and what we recommend can be super broad um, books, um, practices, um, anything, food, who knows, oh. whatever. Um, yeah. And since I didn't tell you about it going in, um, we've only <laughs> been in the segment for like six, seven months tops. So, you know, I still sometimes forget. Um <laughs> I can go first if you would like. Yeah, sure. I will think. I mean, I'm sure I have a couple things to recommend, but yeah, you. I mean, you set the tone here. <laughs> certainly, we will recommend um, your book. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Thank you. Um, but crystal butt plugs, of course. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> they're a necessity in today's world. If you want to get ahead, you gotta have obsidian. Um, <laughs> I am going to recommend. Something that is very dear to me, which is Bob Ross's painting program, The Joy of Painting. Oh, so yes. probably most people know who Bob Ross is, vaguely at least. And um, you probably, if I say Bob Ross, most people are probably like, oh, happy little trees. Like, yes, 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 of course. Um, but years ago, like four or five years ago, when I was like more depressed than I've ever been in my life, um, Bob Ross's videos were the only way that I could get to sleep because oh he God. has such a calming voice um, and is just so kind. And like sometimes he'll bring out little animals and just always talks about painting in this way of like, um, you know, this can just be like a personal practice and like, you're not necessarily like, I don't know. It's such like an interesting take on art, especially in 2017 for me where he's not like, it's not about becoming famous or anything. It's just like, here's yeah. a thing that you can do that will make you feel good. And that where you have some kind of feeling of control and mastery. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's not even about becoming perfect at it. Right. Uh, it's just like doing it. Yeah. And it's about like also appreciating nature and, um, and just having your a perspective, like learning how to see the world as well. Yeah. Um, and I've started watching it again because now, like back then, it was like kind of hard to find the episodes. But I think now, like, it seems like a lot, if not most or all of them are on YouTube, like under an official Bob Ross channel. Mm -hmm. And so you can just watch like they're like half hour episodes. And um, I watch like one every night at this point. I just pick a random one. And like you start to get into a rhythm after a while. Of, like, OK, he starts from the back, works towards the foreground and just like you know adds like sky clouds mountain uh hills trees water and it's like very like repetitive um yeah because there were like hundreds of episodes of the show produced <laughs> so there's only so many different things you can paint um but it's so great and there's just so much i love about him and um He's like really important to me. Oh. And I saw someone cosplaying as Bob Ross at Comic-Con when I went a few weeks ago and it was like very touching. Um, so if you've never actually watched the show and you only sort of know him from like the cultural 
um, atmosphere, I would really recommend checking it out because it's so great in so many ways. And um, I think people will really like it. Yeah. Oh my God. I love like the videos that I have seen. I feel like it's also really cool just like watching. There's like a moment where whatever he's doing turns from like random brushstrokes like into a mountain. Yeah. Like, yes. You're like, you're watching it and you're like, oh, that just, you know, it looks like a gray blob or it looks like, uh, you know, just like little green lines. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, it's a thing. Um, and it's so cool to like, see how that happens. Absolutely. Cause I also have like no artistic talent. Uh, so oh, me neither. it's like <laughs> nice to see someone else do something like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, oh man. So I think mine, my, mine's going to be like completely anachronistic and I think it's both like a specific thing, but also like a general practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I weirdly in the past like two weeks have totally discovered the replacements, like the band from Minnesota from the eighties. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, it basically happened. I was listening to Spotify to one of like the mixes that they make for you and their song androgynous came on and I'd never heard it before. And I listened to it like 20 times in a row and like started crying. And I was just like, this is the most beautiful song I've ever heard in my life. And then started listening to like other albums and other things. Um, and it was so weird because I feel like obviously they are a very well-known band. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. they have fully cemented their legacy as like icons in rock music. Uh, And it's just funny that I was like, how did I live my life without having been like given the replacements? Mm. Um, Because they seem like one of those bands where like, if I had been given a replacements album when I was 15, I would have been obsessed. Like they would have become my entire life in the way that, (laughs) you know, in the way that like a band will become your entire life when you're a teenager. Um, Like, I could totally see that that would have been the way uh, I absorbed it if I were younger. And now it's, you know, I don't get obsessions like that as easily, but I can like actively start listening to them. And so, I don't know, it just made me think of like, oh my God, what are all these bands that like I would have been obsessed with that I just weren't introduced to? Um, And I think it's like a fun thing to think about of just like, there's still, you know, like it's it's so straightforward, but like there's good music out there that maybe you just haven't heard yet. But uh, you know, even just music that like you haven't heard for absolutely no reason. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I, but it was it's been a fun thing, um, getting into a band and getting into something that like at this point has no like modern relevance. Uh, like no one's going on tweet storms about the replacements. <laughs> like no one's, uh, I mean, I, I fully don't know their history or, or anything like that yet, but like, this does not seem to be something that is going to draw a lot of like controversy or have to make me have hard opinions in my life. I can just 
like it. Yeah, that's a great thing to have. I think it's just like so often, I think especially if you like live on Twitter or live online the way I do, you're like not only are you expected to have opinions, but they're supposed to be like ride or die opinions. Um, And like most of my opinions, I just don't feel that way about. Like I'll have an opinion and then I'll be like, but I don't feel that strongly about it. I don't know. (laughs) So it's nice to just like, oh, I'm going to get into something. And if I wind up not being into it later, that's also fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like we can just sort of not have to have incredibly immediate strong takes on like every... On everything. Media. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One day. One day I'll write my last take and it'll... I'll just... I'll turn into (laughs) a bird and fly fly away much like nelly furtado (laughs) yes (laughs) Um, that's what she was talking about (laughs) she was talking about logging off forever (laughs) god bless her such a treasure of canada yes oh nelly furtado oh love her that's that's another good recommendation because i love how nelly furtado started as like you know like i'll fly away it's this sort of folky you know sweet pop song and then she goes into like promiscuous and man eater, and it's just like hell, hell yes. yeah, Natalie Furtado, hell yes, <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. Oh man, she's looking so good lately. She's yeah. thirty eight, and she she's like cut awesome. her hair all short. Oh my god, really? Yeah, oh. she has like a super short cut, and just like nice is like looks good as hell. And nice. Um, oh, good for Natalie she Furtado. She released a new album this year. <laughs> what? Oh my god. Oh, let's go listen to it. Let's go listen to The Ride by Nelly Furtado. That is an additional rec, even though I have not listened to it. Just gonna um, just gonna put it out there. Yeah, general rec for Nelly Furtado, and I'm sure yep. this new album. It has generally favorable reviews on Metacritic. Yay! Hell yes. <laughs> um, we wish her the best. And um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to catch up because... I think the last time I talked to you was when you were on Dad Feelings like a year ago. Yeah. Um, I'm like, do you, so much do you live happened. in like Staten Island or something? No, I live in Queens. Oh. That's the the other unfavorable borough. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's a good it's a great borough. It's an amazing borough. Everyone's saying it. Everyone's talking about what a great borough it is. We've got the best boroughs here. Um <laughs> I'm so sorry for that. I don't know what happened just now. Um well we, then we should hang out sometime. Then we have no excuse. Yes, yes um, seriously. And I mean, I'm in Brooklyn. I, are you in Brooklyn? Are I you? am in Brooklyn. I mean, I go to Brooklyn all the time because everyone else is in Brooklyn and no one comes to Queens. So you this gotta is gotta go to Brooklyn. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta come to Brooklyn. Um, well, we will make that happen. Yes. And um, I will talk to you later. I hope yes. you have a great day. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Secrets is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Woodland Secrets is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at woodlandsecrets.co support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. 
If you'd like to have a message read on the show, head to woodlandsecrets.co slash messages. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at Woodland Podcast and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>